If you have your Bible today and you would like to share the reading of God's Word with me, I'm going to ask you to turn over to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading with the first verse. Pastor Gary, that's the same text that you use for the last three Sundays. <laughs> well, we're just we're going to key in on the fifth verse this morning, and if uh, if the Lord continues to lead this way, we may just uh, use this same text for the next three or four Sundays. Um, but we're going to read down through that fifth verse this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, And seeing the multitude, he went up into the mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And then that fifth verse, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we're going to stop reading right there. It is that fifth verse that I want to focus on this morning. I ask you to please bow your heads and let's pray together. And ask the Lord for his anointing and for his direction in ministering the word. Father, I'm grateful today that you have allowed us the opportunity to gather in your name. Thank you for the promise that when we gather in your name, you are in our midst. We feel your presence this morning. I come to the reading of the word of the living God this morning. And Father, we just ask that you would bless your word, that you would uh, anoint it, and that you would put your word in my mind and in my heart and in my mouth that you would give me liberty to speak. Divinely ordain my thoughts. Give me liberty in the house of God to speak what you would have me to speak. Let Christ be glorified and let the people of God be edified. I ask, Lord, that you would give us unction to function. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I am inadequate. But if you will touch me, and if you will anoint me with your Holy Spirit and give me divine help in ministering your word this morning, that I know we will all receive and we will all be blessed. And this we ask. We thank you for it in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So I'm going to title my message this morning. This is part four. The Beatitudes Getting Our Life under control, getting our life under control. And we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount. For the last three weeks, we have looked into the verses of our text and we have discovered that Jesus is telling us that it is both his will and his desire for us to be blessed. He desires for us to enter into a state of blessed living. 
We have discovered that the road to the Beatitudes, or the, the, the discovered that the Beatitudes are a roadmap directing us into a journey of blessed living. Jesus makes it clear that a blessed life is not about having possessions. A blessed life is not about having a large bank account, but rather blessed is an inner contentment or a state of inner satisfaction that only comes to us through our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Being blessed is not the absence of problems. Being blessed is not the non-existence of trouble. But we are blessed because we are the children of God. Amen. Jesus also makes it clear that if we're going to live a blessed life or if we're going to journey into blessed living, then there are several steps that need to be taken. He makes it clear that the journey into blessed living requires that we must act in order to receive. Amen. You remember I told you that all of the Beatitudes can be broken down into three parts. Jesus says blessed, that is the state of being. And then he gives us a requirement. Blessed are the poor in spirit, they that mourn, the meek. That is, the, that is the action that is required. And then he gives us a promise of a reaction. Amen. So I'm, what I'm saying this morning is that it is true that God desires for us to live a blessed life. But he also makes it clear that there is an act or there is something on our part that is required to fulfill the requirement or the promise that he makes. So the first step requires us to become poor in spirit, which means that we must come to the understanding that within ourselves, in the sight of God, we are spiritually and morally bankrupt. Within ourselves, we are completely and totally destitute of the righteousness that it will take to enter into heaven. We are spiritually bankrupt and in need of outside intervention. And to become poor in spirit is to recognize our spiritual inadequacy and to recognize that the only way that we can obtain to the righteousness of God is through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The second step is that Jesus said we are to become a good mourner. We must come to the place that we not just recognize our sin, but that we are remorseful over our sin. The Bible said that Godly sorrow works repentance. In other words, when we recognize our destitution and we recognize our, amen, our spiritual imperfection and we recognize that he is our only answer and we come to him remorseful over the things that we have done that have offended a holy God. When we come to him and we mourn over our sin and we repent, amen, Jesus replaces our spiritual poverty, amen, with the heavenly inheritance. 
Step one, blessed are the poor in spirit. Step two, blessed are they that mourn. And amen, that brings us to our text this morning. What I want to point out is that, amen, for us to understand that there is a spiritual progression that takes place. As we surrender unto God, when we recognize our sinful condition, when we recognize our spiritual bankruptcy and we turn with a broken heart and mournfully repent, it will create a change within us. It will create a change in attitude in our life. And that change is what Jesus speaks about in verse number five, it brings about meekness. That change is the turning point for getting our life under control. And I tell you this morning, not our control, but his control. So this morning, I want to talk to you about meekness and what it means to walk in a spirit of meekness. I would first suggest to you that we must define what the word meek really means. The first thing that I would tell you is that in our Western culture, amen, our Western culture gives us a false indication of what Jesus is really saying. When we start trying to define the word meekness, most of us get it completely wrong because of our westernized thinking. In fact, if you were to look at a dictionary to define the word meek, here are some of the words that you would find. Docile, passive, submissive, spiritless, soft. Humble, unassuming, subservient. And I submit to you that none of those are completely accurate as to what Jesus had in mind when it comes to the biblical definition of meekness. First of all, let me tell you this morning that weakness is not meekness. Amen? When we are meek, that does not mean that we are weak. Let me show that to you in scripture. John chapter one, verse number 17. The Bible says that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So understand that both the giver of the law and the one that ushered in the dispensation of grace and truth, both of them were great men of authority and great men of power. Both Moses and Jesus were somebody to be reckoned with. And yet this is what the Bible says concerning Moses in Numbers chapter 12 and verse number 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all of the men which were upon the face of the earth. And I want to point out again, Moses was meek. He was not weak. Amen. How many of you know you are, you are not a weak individual if you, if you lead nearly 4 million people for 40 years in the wilderness? Hello? You are not docile, you are not passive, you are not submissive. Amen. I'm telling you, if you lead 40, amen, or 4 million people in the wilderness for 40 years, you got some spine. Yeah. 
Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, me, or upon you and learn of me, he says, for I am what? Meek and lowly in heart. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest to your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, I am meek and lowly in heart, but somehow I cannot picture this meek and lowly man picking up a whip and driving people out of the temple for defiling the temple of his father. That doesn't sound like meek or passive. What I'm trying to point out is that both Moses and Jesus were men of great power and influence and authority. They were both, amen, forceful and dynamic and powerful, determined and, and obedient and unwavering. But it would never be said of either one of them that they were weak or that they were a pushover. Meekness is not weakness. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not being a doormat. It's not giving up under pressure. It's not being timid. So what does Jesus mean when he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth? Here's what I want you to understand. Our English dictionary cannot define what Jesus was saying the word that is translated meek in our bible the greek word means it, it it was used of a it was a military term it was used of the greek military as they would train a a wild horse the greek military would round up a group of wild horses from the mountains and they would bring them in to be broken and made useful for the Greek military forces to ride upon. So imagine in your mind, imagine in your mind what that must have looked like. A beautiful herd of wild, powerful, forceful, strong, agile, swift, horseflesh. Think, think in terms of, you know, I mean, a stallion, a beautiful animal, but it is wild and it is unruly. It is self-willed. It is, it is self-determined what it will do. And in that state, it is useful for nothing. In that condition, it is useful for nothing. It's a hay burner. Hello? But after months and months and months of training, after months and months of training, amen, that animal would finally pass the requirements, and they would call that animal in the Greek meek. Meek. Meaning that it was trained meaning that it was conditioned meaning that it was it was surrendered to the trainer 
what had changed. The horse retained its strength. It retained its power. It retained its speed. It retained its agility. It retained its vigor and its force and its capabilities. It was still the same strong, powerful animal that it had always been. What had changed? Only one thing. It had now learned to yield to the master's hand. It had now learned to yield its will to the master's will. It had given up being wild and unruly. It had given up being out of control and rebellious. It's, amen, the horse still had its power. It still retained its strength, but now its power and its strength were under the control of the master. Now, when the master spoke, amen, that animal surrendered its will to his master's will. Now when the master spoke, it surrendered its strength and its authority to the master. That is the biblical definition of meekness. Strength under the power or the authority of the master. When Jesus says, blessed are the meek, he's not talking about us being a doormat. He's not talking about us being someone, amen, that is spineless and can't stand up. He's not talking about being docile, passive, or unassertive. He's not talking about anything. He's talking about, amen, when we come to him and we learn, amen, how to yield ourselves unto him. And we learn how to yield ourselves uh, unto his voice. And when we learn how to submit our will to his will, when we learn how to submit our authority to his authority when we learn how to humble ourselves under his hand amen then he says you'll inherit the earth our problem is our problem is that we don't like to give up control hello Meekness is simply humbly operating under the will of God. Verse 5 could be stated in this fashion. Blessed are they who humbly operate under the will of God, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that humbly operate under the will of God. The meek are they. The meek are they that are strong and yet teachable. Hello? How many have ever met a know-it-all? Don't look, don't look at your neighbor right now. Husband, look straight ahead. No, no, they that are meek are strong. And yet they are teachable. They that are meek are tough. And yet they are tender. They that are meek are they that are not easily provoked. Sometimes we get all bent out of shape and offended over stuff we ought to just let roll off our back. 
Hello? Amen. They that are meek are they that are not easily provoked. They that are meek are they that are even-tempered. They that are meek are those who are powerful and yet restrained. They that are meek are those that are disciplined and under the control of the master. Meekness is the person who has learned to submit to God in difficult times among difficult people and in difficult circumstances. Meekness means that we have come to the place that we understand that we are under the authority of our master. We are under the authority of our God and meekness means that we have come to the place where we are getting our life under his control. Many of us this morning are out of control. We are out of control in our thought life. We are out of control, amen, in our finances. We are out of control in many areas of our life. And the reason that we are out of control is because we haven't learned the secret of submitting to God. Hmm. Out of duck, I felt. It's the truth. And until we learn how to surrender, we will be like that unruly stallion doing our own thing. But we are not useful for the kingdom. You take that stallion unruly and doing his own thing, you can't ride that thing. You, it, he's not useful for anything. But when he learns to submit, he becomes valuable. He becomes irreplaceable. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Some of us, God is wanting to make us valuable to the kingdom. But we are out of control. We're out of control. And he's asking us to learn the secret of meekness. He's asking us to learn what it means to get our life under his control. Pastor Gary, what does that look like in the real world? Consider with me five areas. They that are meek have learned to trust, the first thing, they that are meek, they have learned to trust in God. Meekness, that meekness, the first thing that that meekness will do in our life, it will get our life under control because it will cause us to have a deeper appreciation and a greater trust in God. That wild horse that we spoke of, when it learns the voice of the master, when it is trained and made meek, ready for use, it has come to the point where it has learned to trust its master. It has learned to trust its master. I submit to you this morning that if we are walking in meekness, then we will have a deep trust in the Lord. We will have a deep trust in the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 34 and verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Psalms chapter 4 and verse 5, the Bible says these words, Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Psalms 37 and 3, trust in the Lord. 
Do good and so shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Some of my favorite scriptures. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I'm telling you, we'll know if we are walking in meekness, if we have learned how to trust in the Lord. If we are walking through this life and we are not trusting in the Lord, amen, we're not trusting in the, the, the master's voice. We're not trusting, amen, in our, in our uh, master's thing that it planned. If, if we're not trusting in what he's trying to do in our life, we will kick and fight all the way. But if we learn how to trust, if you want to know whether you are walking in meekness or not, amen, just ask yourself, am I trusting in the Lord? Trust will cause us to bring our life under his control. Psalms 40 and 4 said, blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust. When we put our trust in the Lord, we are saying that we trust that God is everything that he claims to be. When we put our trust in the Lord, we are saying that we believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When we put our trust in the Lord, we are saying that we believe that God is just and kind in every single situation. Biblical meekness means that we are willing to surrender everything to him. Biblical meekness is rooted and grounded in a confidence that God is for us. And if God is for us, then who can stand against us? Biblical meekness is rooted in the confidence that God is working everything out for my benefit and my good. I may not understand what I'm going through or why I'm going through it, but what I do know is that God holds me in the palm of his hand. Amen. And if I will keep my hand in his hand, he'll bring me out on the other end. <laughs> Biblical meekness is rooted and steadfastly confident that he is working on my behalf. That he is ever present and he is faithfully with me. He knows where the green pastures are. Amen. He knows the desires of my heart. He knows uh, what's best for our lives, uh, even when we do not. And beloved, if we are going to, amen, walk in meekness, then we must learn uh, how to trust in the Lord. For trust, uh, amen, will give us an indication if we are walking in meekness or not. Amen. Meek are they that have learned to trust in the Lord. The second thing that meekness will do to get our life under his control is that it will cause us to have a great commitment to him. Amen. I'm talking about devotion to him. I've got two little Boston Terriers at my home. If mama gets up before me, Let's the dogs out. Those dogs come looking to find out where I am. 
And they will run up one hall and down the other looking for me. You know why? It's devotion. They know who their master is. They know who their master is. Here's what I'm saying this morning. Amen. If we want to walk, amen, in meekness, then the, the second thing that will help us to know whether we are under his control is if we are committed. If we are devoted to him. Sometimes we get so sidetracked with everything in life that we fail to recognize that he desires for us to be committed. Amen. What is our commitment to the Lord? Psalms 37 and 5 says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Proverbs 16 and 3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep everything that I have committed unto him against that day. What I'm saying this morning, is if that we if we want to judge whether we are walking in meekness or not take a look at your devotion take a look at your commitment to the things of God amen if there are some things that you can just take or leave amen I'm telling you you're not devoted enough amen he wants us to love him with all of our heart with all of our soul and with all of our might he wants to be our everything he said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then everything Everything else will be added to you. Amen. Our problem is that we want to add everything else without the commitment. You're getting the cart before the horse. Can you say amen? Meekness is bringing our lives under his control and committing our ways to his ways. Meekness understands that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Meekness understands that his plans are greater than our plans. His ways are greater than our ways. Meekness understands that he is God Almighty, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, that he is the first and that he's the last and that he is the beginning and the end. Meekness understands that life can get complicated and challenging. Meekness understands that life can be uncertain and complex. But meekness also says, I don't care what life has to hand to me. I am committed to the Lord. Like Joshua who said, you choose this day whom you will serve but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord hmm. the third thing that meekness will do to get our life under control is it will cause us to learn how to wait upon the Lord it will cause us to learn how to wait upon the Lord if you want to know whether you are walking in meekness if you want to know whether you are walking in meekness, just take a look at how you are waiting upon the Lord. If you are restless and just jumping out on your own, that's not a lot of meekness. The meek know how to wait for direction 
from their master. I know this is a silly illustration, but those little Boston Terriers that I got, that youngest one, he's only not even two years old yet. But he'll get his little ball and bring it over where I am, and him and I will kind of tug around on it. And then I'll pull it out of his mouth, and I'll hold it up like this. And he will just stare at it. I can literally bring it down to his muzzle and go, And he will not open his mouth. He'll go. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about he's waiting for my direction. If I shove it into his mouth, he'll go ahead and grab it and start pulling on it. But if I pull it back up and throw it, he's ready to roll. But he's just waiting to find out which direction I'm going to go. That's what I'm talking about. The meek have learned how to wait upon their direction to come from God. We get in so big of a hurry so many times. We are so impatient and we want it and we want it right now. And God is just saying, be still and know that I am God. Learn how to wait. Learn how to, how to just wait for my direction. Learn to just, amen, wait for my indication. If you'll wait on me, I'll go before you and I'll make the crooked path straight. If you'll learn how to wait on me, I'll lead you in the right direction. If you learn how to wait on me, Amen. You'll, amen, you'll save yourself a whole lot of headache and a whole lot of heartache if you just learn how to wait on me. Psalms 27 and 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Psalms 37 and 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalms 40 and 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. Psalm 62 and 5, my soul waited silently for God alone, for my expectation is of him. My expectation is of him, or from him. Isaiah 40 and Verse 28, it says, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint? Neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord. What I'm telling you this morning is they that wait upon the Lord. They that meekly, uh, amen, wait for the instruction of the Lord. Uh, they that are waiting for the cue, uh, amen, to move forward from God. Uh, amen. Do you remember in the wilderness uh, there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night? And the children of Israel did not travel unless the pillar moved. They were getting their direction from the Lord. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord 
Amen. We'll find that direction. Meekness is the willingness to endure inactivity in order to make certain that the way forward is the path that God wants us to walk in. Meekness is the willingness to endure inactivity to make certain that the way forward is the path that God would have us to walk in. People who are waiting upon the Lord are not vacillating or indecisive or without faith. They are just simply walking in meekness. Amen. If I'm going to do this, I got to know that it is a God thing and not a me thing. If this is the direction I'm going to go, i got to know beyond any shadow of any doubt that this is the path that he wants me to walk in. Weakness or meekness is willing to wait while God goes before us and works everything out. Amen. Number four, the fourth thing that meekness will do to get our life under his control is it will teach us how to forfeit our control. If you want to know whether you are walking in meekness, are you willing to pray like Jesus prayed? Not my will, but thy will be done. Hello? Are you willing to pray, Lord, not as I will, but as thou wilt? I submit to you this morning that meekness if we, can, if we are to get our life under control, then we must forfeit our control unto the Lord. The fifth thing that meekness will do to get our life under his control is it will cause us to forgive those that have offended us. Apart from Jesus being one of the best examples of meekness as it pertains to forgiveness, do you remember what he prayed on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many of you know he could have called 12 legion of angels to destroy them and deliver him? But his, his, his spirit was walking in meekness, meaning that he had surrendered to the plan of the Father. One of the greatest stories concerning forgiving others, I think, is, is the story of Joseph. In the book of Genesis, you remember Joseph, the coat of many colors. You remember him. We have a flag bearer. That's all right. Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. Family. Those that should have loved him and watched over him and had his back. The very ones that stabbed him in the back. Joseph is sold into slavery. He gets down into Egypt and things went from bad to worse. He ends up in Potiphar's house and he's accused of rape. He's thrown into prison. But God had a plan. God knew right where Joseph was. Didn't look good. Looked like a, hard, a lot of hard stuff to go through. But God saw Joseph. God had a plan. And there was a same time frame, God working everything out. There was a famine in the land of Canaan. 
And God sent the very brothers that had sent Joseph into Egypt's bondage. God sent them into Egypt to buy food. What they didn't know was now at this time, Joseph had been made second in command over all of Egypt. He was a man of power and a man of authority. All he had to do was speak the word. He was second only unto the king. He was a man of power. And those same brothers, they don't know what they're walking into. They are the same brothers that sold him into slavery. They're headed down to Egypt to go buy food. And they stand before Joseph. And Joseph was just a young lad when they sold him into slavery. They didn't know who he was. But Joseph knew them. You know what Joseph could have done? He could have said, bless God. I have been waiting for this day to come. Now it is my time to shine. He could have had every one of them killed. You know what he chose to do? He chose to say, I forgive you. He chose to say what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And he chose to spare them and chose. What, what, is, what is that? He's walking in meekness. Meekness is having the power to do something. And yet the restraint to keep from doing it. Meekness is not weakness. Being weak is you don't have the power to do something. Meekness is having the power and yet being willing to live under the authority of another. I have always told people all through my ministry, you will never walk in authority until you learn how to submit to authority. And that is the truth. You will never be trusted with authority until you learn how to submit to authority. And the authority that he asked, that Jesus is talking about here in our text, the authority that he's asking us to commit to or, or to surrender to is the authority of God. The authority of God. Amen. I tell you this morning, getting our life under his uh, control requires that we learn to trust. It requires that we make a commitment that is irreversible. It requires that we learn to wait upon him. It requires that we forfeit control to him. And it requires that we learn how to forgive. It is not our job to judge. It is our job to forgive. Amen. The promise that he makes is if you are walking in meekness, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The promise that he makes I mean, if you know, the Bible teaches that there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. That is our destination. This world is not our home. We are just pilgrims passing through. Living 
in a blessed state requires more than realizing our spiritual poverty and mourning over our sin. We must come to the place that in a meek or a spirit of meekness, we ask God to take control of our lives. We ask God to take control of our lives. That is what the Bible is calling or talking about when it talks about meekness. It's calling, amen, and calling us to a place where we allow Jesus to become the Lord and the master of our life. To be meek means that we forfeit our control and submit to the leadership of the Lord Jesus. It is allowing him to have control. I tell you this morning that if we desire to get our life under control, then we must learn to submit to him. Bow your heads, please, if you will. All over the building. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, I thank you. I thank you this morning, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that desires to take us, mold us and shape us, train us to be a useful vessel for your kingdom. This morning, I ask, Lord, that you help us to understand that whether we walk in meekness or not is up to us. It is the act that you have required of us, but it's up to us. It's up to us whether we will relinquish self-control. It's up to us whether we will allow you to have the reins of our life. If we will allow you to lead and guide and instruct if we will trust and commit and wait patiently for your direction. What I'm saying this morning, Lord, is help us to understand that you desire for us to enter into a blessed state of living. But we have to surrender our will to your will. We have to surrender our control to your control. And Lord, help us to understand that we need to do that each and every day of our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I, I haven't been walking in meekness as I should. I haven't allowed him to have control. God sees Hands all over, all over the building this morning. God bless you. God bless you. It's not about giving up who you are. It's about surrendering who you are to him. Stand to your feet if you will, please. Father, you saw every hand that was lifted here this morning. Speak to their hearts. Gently bring them alongside of you. 
Help them learn to yield and to surrender in areas of their life where they are trying to retain control. They have acknowledged by lifting their hand that they are in need of your help. I pray today, Father God, that you will allow them to yield to the master's hand. Touch them and bless them. Let them leave changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let them leave renewed by the power of your Holy Spirit, I ask. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.